0: Hey, from Commando.com, this is Commando On Demand. It's a great podcast where we talk to industry movers and shakers, and we just want to keep you up to date on everything digital. You can listen to new episodes every Wednesday and every Friday. And by the end of this particular Commando On Demand episode, well, you are going to be an expert on the eclipse. And joining me for this Commando On Demand podcast is my longtime friend, longtime tech director, you know him by the mighty Mike James.
1: Thank you, Kim. Thank you for having me. Now, the new eclipse that's coming up in just a little over a week is a lunar eclipse, but the last one that we had was a solar eclipse. And I know you went to that oh, one, and I know gosh. you have a great story about the solar eclipse.
0: Well, you know that I'm married to Barry Young. Yes. Okay. And Barry Young used to be on the radio. A lot of people don't know this as the amazing Dr. Science. Uh huh. Okay. So, Barry is a science nerd. As a matter of fact, any time, like, Ian is acting up, in order for me to, like, get Ian to straighten up, like, I'll just look at Ian cross-eyed and then I'll look at Barry and I'll say, you know, Barry, um, Ian had questions about particle science or Ian was wondering, he was asking me all about Pluto. And then, like, 20 minutes later, Ian looks at me and goes, okay, whatever I did wrong, just tell me I'll never do it again. (laughs) So in January 2017, Barry comes to me and says, we are going to see the eclipse. And he had to show me the maps all across the United States, where it was going to flow and how it was going to do, where it happened, And then he arranged for us to get a flight to Casper, Wyoming. So Casper, Wyoming is a very, very tiny community.
1: Mm -hmm. Sure.
0: We figured out on the runway on that particular day, it was over $2 billion worth of aircraft. Wow. I mean, it was crazy. So 4 o'clock in the morning, we left Phoenix, Arizona to make sure that we had a parking spot in Casper, Wyoming. And we landed in Casper at like 6.30 in the morning. And then we all kind of just camped out on the tarmac, and it was a lot of fun. You know, then the eclipse happens, and it was really quite magical. It was one of those things that, you know, you're kind of like, all right, I guess I'll go. It's like that party that you really don't want to go to, but for me, it was like I had to go. Mm -hmm. You know, I drug Ian along and a couple of friends and family members, and we filled up the plane, so we got there. And when it actually happened, it was different. Everything went dark and— Barry was trying to take pictures and people were trying to take pictures. But, you know, and I just kind of stood there because I didn't want to ruin the moment. And then after it happened, it was really quite funny because you have all these people who don't really go to Casper, Wyoming, but suddenly are in Casper, Wyoming, and everybody runs to their private jets. <laughs> it's like, okay, we're out of here, buddy. <laughs> we're done. But it was fun. And it's these once-in-a-lifetime opportunities, these things that happen in nature, that we should stop. We should put our devices down. We should take a look, take a listen. And that's why I was super excited when you were telling me about this particular eclipse.
1: The lunar eclipse that's coming up, now you remember also uh, when we did the solar eclipse, we had a podcast on that too, was Dr. Andrew Fracknoy. He's super smart, this guy. Oh, he's super smart and super passionate about what he does. So he's back again with us today on this podcast talking about, well, not just the lunar eclipse that's coming up, but also there are several events that are happening in the skies, the night skies in 2019. And then also we're going to talk about some apps that you can use to oh, watch the, uh, the the equips and all of that. I learned how much a NASA spacesuit costs, much more than you probably can would I imagine. Guess? Sure. OK, so tell me about the spacesuit. OK, well, you know, a NASA spacesuit, when they go up in the shuttle or when they go into space, in into orbit or whatever, it's got a big oxygen tank
0: on it and it's got the shiny and the helmet and all that stuff. You can't really find it on eBay. No, it's not going to be on eBay. Okay, I'm going to I'm going to guess. Okay. And then at the end of the podcast, you can tell me if I'm right. Okay? Um gosh, a NASA. You know, and yet they had to spend millions. Do, do, do we include research and development into the cost of this?
1: You know, I just looked up space facts and I got the price on it. So I don't know if
0: but I would say probably yes. It okay, doesn't matter the price? small, medium, and large has to be the same price. Probably, yeah. $720,000. Way low. No, really? <laughs> you have really? to keep listening. Yes, yes. Oh, Way should, low. Does, you know what? Here's what NASA should do. I uh-huh. mean, instead of just putting a spacesuit on there with like a NASA logo, they should sell it to like Fendi. Uh huh. You know, and instead of like NASA boots, they uh, should be Jimmy Choo's NASA shoes.
1: Coming from the mouth of a true marketer yes. at 100 percent. OK, so all of that is coming up. We're going to take a quick break and hear some words from our partners that help make these podcasts possible. And then today it's the upcoming eclipse in 2019. Thank you, Kim. We promised you by the end of this podcast, you're going to know so many things about space in this upcoming eclipse. Plus, first dibs on what cool things are happening in the sky, I've got Andrew Fracknoy with me. Now, Andrew, I know you're excited to share your expert knowledge with us, and we've got plenty of questions for you. You are a teacher of astronomy at the Fromm Institute at the University of San Francisco, but your list of accomplishments goes way beyond that. Uh, Award-winning list of accomplishments, Harvard and UC Berkeley graduate, California Professor of the Year in 2007, Carl Sagan Award for Science Population. Popularization, and the list goes on. You've authored and co-authored more than a dozen books in the field of astronomy and a regular radio, television, and podcast guest all over the world. Andrew, welcome to Commando On Demand.
2: Hey, it's wonderful to be with you.
1: And you've been on our show before. You talked about the solar eclipse. Now, I guess before we talk about this upcoming eclipse, can you tell us a little bit about where you were and what kind of experience that was for you for the big one last year?
2: Well, the 2017 solar eclipse, which we call the All-American Eclipse, went through the United States, uh, was quite a time. Uh, millions and millions of people got to see the sun in eclipse. I was in Oregon. Uh, we were in a small church uh, where the pastor let us sleep over on the night of the uh, eclipse on the floor <laughs> of the church. So we could be there early in the morning for the eclipse, In exchange, we explained the eclipse to the entire congregation.
1: Beautiful. That sounds like a fun little outing. Can you talk a little bit about this upcoming eclipse now that's coming on? I've heard actually two dates, the 20th and the 21st, and it's a big one. Right. Tell us about it. So it's the evening
2: of January 20th, which is a Sunday evening, but in the East Coast and also in the Central Time Zone, some parts of it go off into the next morning. Okay. It's a Sunday evening and very, very early Monday morning eclipse. And this is a lunar eclipse, quite different from what we had in 2017 with the eclipse of the sun. This is an eclipse of the moon. Um, And so what happens here is that the full moon is in the sky. That Mm -hmm. means the sun and the moon are opposite each other in the sky. And the Earth gets in between them. So all of a sudden you see the shadow of the Earth moving across the full moon until the full moon is completely darkened, and that's the lunar eclipse.
1: Then that's a normal lunar eclipse, but as I understand it, there's something special about this one that doesn't normally happen in a lunar eclipse.
2: Is that right? Well, right. So by coincidence, it just so happens that uh, the next day, the moon is in its closest spot through the Earth, as the moon goes around the Earth, sometimes a little further away, sometimes a little bit closer, and it just so happens that we're a little bit closer so the moon will look a little bit bigger in the sky now that media have started calling that the supermoon uh, but i don't want to get our listeners hopes up the super moon is only slightly bigger than the usual full moon so you probably won't be able to tell that much of a difference still you can tell yourself this is about as big a full moon and therefore as big a lunar eclipse as you can possibly see
1: okay and as i understand it the kids will be out of school that next day so you can take your kids out and watch this as well
2: Well, that's the wonderful thing about this particular eclipse. Sometimes the eclipses happen very early in the morning, or they happen on a day when everybody's got school the next day. But this is the evening before Martin Luther King Day. Right. So many students will have school off the next day, and so they can stay up a little later, and so families can enjoy this spectacle together. And what's nice about the lunar eclipse is that it's easy to see. So that it's something that the entire family can watch. You don't need special equipment to see it. And so we strongly recommend that if listeners uh, have a view of the sky from where they are, they go out that Sunday evening and make sure that the entire family gets to see this.
1: And as far as watching this, if you have some kids, a couple of kids, you want to make sure that you track the event, that you record the event with either a camera or a video camera. Do you have some suggestions on how people with a normal, I don't know, I guess you'd go from a a regular, like a video, if they have a special video camera or even their cell phone, what's the best way to record this and kind of uh, make a record of the event with their kids?
2: Well, let's talk about what's going to happen, and then I can answer sure. uh, this question even more intelligently. Okay. Uh, so, what happens during the lunar eclipse is that it's quite a slow thing. It takes uh, several hours for the, the eclipse to happen from beginning to end. At first, you just see a tiny bit of the shadow of the moon of the Earth on the full moon, and then slowly the moon gets more and more eclipsed, and you see that shadow moving across the moon and then eventually completely covering the moon. And when that happens, the moon doesn't go completely dark. It turns a reddish color, Mm -hmm. and that's because the reddish color of sunlight is actually bent the most when it travels through the Earth's atmosphere. So as the Earth gets between the moon and the sun, our atmosphere acts a little bit like a lens and bends those red colors right onto the eclipsed moon. So some people call that the blood moon because it's so reddish. Right. But that's uh, the nicest thing to photograph. Or sometimes people like to take pictures of the full moon when the last little bit of it is about to disappear, and you just have a little crescent of light And uh, most modern cameras have a way of adapting to the light level. Uh, And so you'll probably be able to get the best pictures right around the time of the eclipse going full and then being full.
1: And then do you have any tips on how to get the best pictures or videos of this event?
2: Well, so the, the thing that I would first of all recommend to people is that they shouldn't worry too much about equipment to begin with. If people remember back to the solar eclipse of 2017, you needed special glasses to see it. Uh, You needed uh, special equipment to photograph it. And this is a much more democratic eclipse in, in a variety of ways. First of all, this eclipse is visible all over the United States and, in fact, all over the Americas, anywhere in North and South America. The entire hemisphere of planet Earth. That faces the full moon will get to see this eclipse. And the other thing is that you don't need photographic or observing equipment. You don't need binoculars. The full moon is pretty big in the sky and easy to see. And as it goes dark, that's also easy to see. So for most people, it'll just be a visual spectacular. And it'll take about an hour for the moon to get uneclipsed So we also recommend that people uh, bring someone with them with whom they like to stand in the dark for a long time. (laughs) But uh, in terms of taking pictures, as I said, I don't think you need any special techniques for this. What you need is to make sure that your camera is adapted to the light level. So give it a second uh, to make sure that it gets the light level of whichever part of the eclipse you're looking at.
1: Excellent. And what kind of problems could people anticipate? Or I I guess there's weather. I mean, you're kind of relying on the weather. Is there any other things that you can think of that might come in the way of getting a good picture of this event?
2: The nice thing about lunar eclipses is that you don't need a lot of special equipment and it's big in the sky. Um, as a certain politician might say, this is an eclipse for the 99%, not for the 1% with special equipment and the ability to go to special places. So everyone can enjoy it. The one problem, as you point out, is the weather. That if it's completely cloudy, or for those of us in San Francisco, if it's completely foggy, then you won't be able to see the moon. And If you can't see the moon, you can't see the moon being eclipsed. But I think for many parts of the country, uh, there will be good weather, and And even if you can't see the moon in its entirety, uh, because the eclipse covers the entire moon, even if there are clouds moving across the moon, that kind of adds a mysterious feeling to the eclipse, that it's being hidden by clouds and then uncovered. So don't give up if it's cloudy. Uh, As the uh, times go on, you'll be able to see something of the eclipse if the clouds move by. We should perhaps give the times that people can see the eclipse so people can be prepared. Sure. If it's okay, I'm going to go through starting on the East Coast. Perfect. Um, On the East Coast, the total eclipse starts at about 1140 Uh, so late in the evening, and is over at 12.43 uh, in the morning. But the partial eclipse, when the the moon begins to get the Earth's shadow across it, that starts as early as 10.34. Uh, Now, in the central time zone, it's one hour better, so the full eclipse starts at 10.40 and is over at 11.43. In the mountain time zone, the total eclipse starts at 9.40. And is over at 10.43. And then it's, uh, it's the nicest for the Pacific time zone because the total eclipse starts at 8.41 when even younger children can still be up. And it's over at 9.43 p.m. So the main thing to remember about this, this will be in all the papers, I'm sure, and many of the other news channels will have the times that day. But the main thing is it's an evening eclipse on Sunday, January 20th.
1: I want to get to the other things that are happening this year as well, but have we covered everything on this eclipse? I think so. I think you guys are going to have on
2: your website, the URL. I've put together a little information sheet with all this information, and I think that's going to be on your website. So people who didn't get those times or wanted to hear some of the information, again, can go there.
1: Excellent. Excellent. We will refer to that at the end of this podcast. And uh, I did some research on space, so I've got some crazy outstanding facts here for our listeners. And also what I found is the cost of a NASA space suit. You won't believe it. Mr. Fracknoy, thanks for holding for one moment. We're going to be back with all those extra things that are coming up. Right now, let me tell you about our partners at Capterra. It's been 30 years since the World Wide Web was invented, and I bet some of you are still using old, outdated software. Set yourself up for success with the new software for your business at captera.com. As America's digital pro, Kim gets asked about this all the time. What is the best software for someone's business? and she refers people to Captera.com. Captera is the leading free online resource to help you find the best software solution possible for your business and discover everything you need to know to make an informed decision. Search more than 700 specific categories of software. Everything from project management to email marketing to yoga studio management software. Join the millions of people who use Captera each month and find the right tools for their business. Visit com slash Kim today to find the right tools to make 2019 the year for your business. com slash Kim. That's C-A-P-T-E-R-R-A dot com slash Kim. Welcome back, everybody. We're talking with an expert in astronomy. Astronomy
2: is the, is the topic that we like to talk about. It's what's out there beyond the Earth's atmosphere.
1: And there's a lot. I was just talking about the NASA spacesuit. Do you know, Andrew, how much it costs? I'm just going to tell you right off the top. $12 million for a NASA spacesuit. And what they say is about 70% of that cost is for the backpack and control module. How's that? Right. And
2: that's cheap at half the price. I mean, (laughs) think of what a spacesuit needs to do. It needs to keep your body intact, even in an area where there's no air, there's no pressure, where the radiation from space is not shielded by the Earth's atmosphere, uh, where you need to breathe, where the liquids needs to circulate in your body. So all of that is made possible by the complete insulation and sort of the mini-Earth environment that your spacesuit creates.
1: Can you talk about the temperature in space? Well, it depends, of course, on whether
2: you're looking at the sun or whether you're away from the sun, but the temperature means that you have to have some air that brushes against your body. That's how we measure whether it's warm or cold. Right. And so... Uh, Out in space, there is no air. So the only way to measure the temperature is to measure the intensity of sunlight. If you're not facing the sun, if let's say you're on the other side of the Earth or the other side of the moon, where the Chinese right now have a spacecraft and a rover, uh, it can get really, really, really cold. It can get down to a few degrees above what we call absolute zero Wow! the absence of any temperature.
1: Well, what would that mean on Earth? Can you tell me in Fahrenheit? Right, so being minus 450
2: Fahrenheit. Oh, okay, that's Not cold. Not <laughs> something you want to experience on your next
1: ski trip. And then what is the high temperature in space?
2: Well, so inside stars, this is a remarkable thing. We've discovered that stars like the sun, which are intensely hot, on the outside, where if you were to, for example, venture into the sun, no spacesuit could protect you. You would vaporize right. your body and the spacesuit would become little atoms of material. But inside stars like the sun, the temperature is on the order of millions of degrees. So we have measured that the center of our sun is 16 million degrees.
1: There is other stuff coming up this year that I've heard is going to be very fantastic. Go ahead and tell us about some of those events.
2: Well, this is a very exciting time in terms of exploring the solar system. Uh, we are on the verge of some really epical Uh, discoveries, Um, many of our listeners may have heard that on New Year's Day, the New Horizons spacecraft went by the most distant object in our solar system that we've ever visited. We've nicknamed it Ultima Thule, which is the name that ancient mapmakers gave to the most unknown regions of the Earth. And this little object, Ultima Thule, which is only about 20 miles across, turns out to look like a bowling pin. Um, it's actually two separate icy objects way beyond Neptune, uh, way beyond Pluto, which wow. are stuck together. We call it a contact binary. Mm-hmm. And the New Horizons spacecraft went by, uh, took all these pictures and all this data. But they, it hasn't returned most of it yet. It's a very slow process, sending all this data across the billions of miles. And so in the next few weeks and then for the next two years, we'll be getting information about this very distant, weird object uh, that, that we've explored at the outskirts of the solar system. At the same time, we've got the InSight lander on Mars, which for the first time is going to dig into Mars, Mm -hmm. uh, make a deep hole and get a sense of how warm it is and what it's like inside our neighbor planet. Uh, The Chinese have a a spacecraft called Chang'e 4, which has landed a little rover on the far side of the moon. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a side of the moon that we never get to see from Earth because the moon keeps one side facing the Earth all the time. And so this is kind of the back side of the far side of the moon where we've never had a rover, we've never done in-situ exploration. So that's also going to be exciting to see what's happening there. Uh, we've got a spacecraft orbiting an asteroid, another one getting near an asteroid, and uh, we have a spacecraft called TESS, which is a telescope designed to find uh, planets orbiting other stars that we so far haven't been able to find. Uh, Some of your listeners may know that in the last couple of decades, for the very first time, astronomers have found planets orbiting other stars. We now know thousands of these planets, but we still have trouble finding planets that are like the Earth. And TESS is a spacecraft with a camera designed to help us find more planets like the Earth. And since we know the Earth has life on it, uh, we're looking for planets like the Earth as possible places where there might be life and maybe in some of them intelligent life and uh, potential Kim Commando listeners of the future.
1: Thank you. And do we have any other eclipses or anything in 2019 that we need to look for?
2: So in the sky, there are going to be a number of interesting events. Um, there will be a total eclipse of the sun in 2019, but unfortunately it won't be visible uh, in the United States. It's a South America eclipse on July 2nd. And there will be a beautiful total eclipse of the sun visible from Chile and Argentina. Uh, But we will have things visible from the United States, too. On May 6th, for example, there's going to be a meteor shower. A meteor shower is when, if you look up in the dark of the night or the early morning, you can see more shooting stars than usual. And the morning of May 6th, there will be a a shooting star shower. Uh, And what's interesting about those shooting stars is that they're caused by little bits of dirt that flash through the Earth's atmosphere and burn up. Mm -hmm. And each of those pieces of dirt on May 6th are actually pieces of dirt left over from Halley's Comet. Halley's Comet comes by every 86 years. Uh, It leaves behind some of its material. And in May, we intersect that swarm of Halley's Comet garbage Uh and some of it burns up in the Earth's atmosphere. So you can think to yourself, if you see some of the shooting stars on May 6th, you're seeing pieces of Halley's Comet.
1: That is awesome. All right. One last question is you have been so successful in your field, they named an asteroid after you. So what's it like to have an asteroid named after you and and where is that asteroid? Tell us about it.
2: Oh, yes. Thank you for asking. I was tickled with My colleagues uh, named an asteroid after me. It's a small chunk of rock orbiting between Mars and Jupiter in what's called the asteroid belt. Uh, We call it asteroid fracnoy now. And what I'm relieved to be able to report is that asteroid fracnoy is one of the most boring asteroids (laughs) in the world. And I say that because some asteroids are no longer in the asteroid belt. They're moving through the solar system, and some of them occasionally threaten the Earth. So I would have been very embarrassed if (laughs) an asteroid Fracknoy had been an Earth-threatening one. And it's delightful to be able to report that it's very boring and stays in place. So no danger to our listeners.
1: Mr. Fracknoy, thank you so much for joining on this. We always learn so much when we talk to you, and we'll certainly have you on again next time we have one of these events.
2: It's my pleasure.
1: Up next, a rundown on a list of apps that you can use to view the sky this year. We'll get a look at that in just a moment. But right now, we want to recognize our partners who help make these Commando On Demand podcasts possible. Welcome back to Commando on Demand. Today, we're talking about the upcoming eclipse and some of the spectacular things that are going to be happening in the sky this year. And as promised, here are some terrific apps that you can use to explore the skies in 2019. With the right app, your smartphone or tablet can become a powerful observation tool. For instance, some apps deliver visibility forecasts, some capture images, some track satellites, some even use augmented reality. And that, my friends, makes for a very cool viewing experience here on Earth. So here are the top 12, not in any particular order, apps that you can use to watch the night sky. First up, Stellarium. Let me spell that one for you. It's S-T-E-L-L-A-R-I-U-M, Stellarium. Like a spelling bee these days. Stellarium is like having a planetarium right on your mobile phone. It has an impressive, realistic sky in 3D, just like what you would see with your own eyes through a telescope. It's so popular that it's being used in planetarium projects. It's pretty easy to use too. Just set your coordinates and off you go. Second up is NASA's own app. It's a freebie that you can find in the App Store by searching NASA. It's perfect if you want to learn about space, and I mean learn a lot. It's packed with thousands of images and videos, astronomy news, updates, sightings opportunities, and NASA's own live TV. Third is the International Space Station Spotter, or ISS Spotter. It's going to give you a schedule of visible events and the ability to set alarms so you won't miss anything. It also has a built-in compass and other useful tools for your stargazing pleasure. Instead of charging for the app, they accept donations of $0.99 or up to $2.99. Fourth on our list is Solar Walk. It's kind of like a free interactive space encyclopedia. It's got a really cool 3D model of our solar system, which allows you to virtually explore the universe in real time. There's tons of interesting facts on the app. Definitely worth checking out. Fifth is Star Chart. It's an augmented reality astronomy app for iOS devices. They used to charge for it, but it's now free. Even though it hasn't been updated since 2015, users say the view is amazing. All you have to do is point your iPhone at the sky and the star chart will tell you what you're looking at. You'll get information about planets, stars, the moon, and it even works in full daylight. Number six is Skyview, which is a lot like StarChart, except it has even more information. It also has added features when you connect to your Apple Watch. There's a free version, or if you want the added features, you can treat yourself for just $2.99. Lucky number seven on our list is one of the flagship apps, Night Sky. Now, Night Sky is a great way for iOS users to view objects in augmented reality, but it'll take you one step further. If you use it in conjunction with iOS 10's Metal, you get around 115,000 new celestial objects, plus info about lunar landing sites. And if you tie it into your Apple Watch, you can use your wrist as a compass and get this. You can move it backwards and forwards in time to see how things look in any given time period. Pretty wild. It's literally jam-packed with features and costs a lot less than a telescope. About $1.99 a month or $9.99 for a year. So that's night sky. Now, number eight is a little different if you're an iOS user and you want to track the satellites above you. The GoSat Watch app is the one for you. Not only will you be able to track satellites in real time, but you can get 24-hour pass predictions. And if you want even more detail, Watch will give you dish orientation data for geostationary satellites. The bugs are still being worked out, as you can imagine, but it's still a good deal at $9.99. Number nine on the list is really cool. I mean, who wouldn't want to go walking around the moon for $2.99? With the Pocket Universe app, you can take a tour of the night sky, explore the solar system, and take a virtual walk on the moon and on Mars. Kind of a pretty romantic date, in my opinion, if you want to think about that for Valentine's Day. And if you're looking for a cheap date, there's a free version called the Pocket Universe Express. By the way, Pocket Universe was the first iPhone astronomy app to offer the built-in compass. It was also the first to offer augmented reality viewing. Tenth on the list, for weather and visibility predictions, the Clear Outside app will give you almost everything you need to know, including cloud cover ratings and the chance of fog, rain, wind, and frost. Clear Outside is free for both Android and iOS users. On a similar level, the Clear Sky Droid app and Clear Sky Chart both work in conjunction with the Clear Dark Sky website. This is like having a meteorologist in your pocket. It'll give you hourly breakdowns of cloud cover, transparency, darkness, wind, humidity, and temperature, and it's all free. So those are just a few of the many viewing apps. As you know, apps always come and go. So be sure and check them out really well before you download anything. I've got all these listed on commando.com. Just look for the Eclipse article and one more word of thanks to Andrew Fracknoy. He's obviously fabulous and passionate about what he does. You know, he was the one who persuaded the Moore Foundation and Google to donate 2 million Eclipse glasses to the public. So if you got a pair of those glasses, you can thank him. I also want to acknowledge my fellow perfectionists and podcast preppers, Vicky Morgan, for writing the podcast, Monica Golombieski, for putting this whole podcast together. If you like this Commando On Demand podcast, don't hide it. Share it. And if you want even more content, become a... Kim's Club member. It's basically an all-access package to everything we produce on Commando.com, and we do really appreciate it. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time on Commando On Demand. By the way, earlier in this podcast, Mr. Fracknoy referenced a link to the specific time zones that the eclipse will take place in your area. Now, you can find that link in our article about the eclipse. All you have to do is go to commando.com. That's K-O-M-A-N-D-O.com, And then look for eclipse in the upper right-hand corner and the article will pop up and it'll take you to that link. Thank you so much for listening and we'll see you next time on Commando On Demand.